Hi, everybody. This is Sid Croft on, on screen and beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome, and thank you for joining us for episode 599 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we have the creator of so many shows that people have grown up with over the years, including Land of the Lost, H.R. Puff and Stuff, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, Lidsville, and it just goes on and on and on. And uh, we'll be talking about all the shows that Sid and Marty Croft came up with, with Sid himself. Sid Croft will be joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And on Saturday, May 21st at CroftCon at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California, he will be there along with his brother Marty. He's going to be there also. And Christopher Knight, who is uh, Peter Brady on The Brady Bunch. And also... Uh, there's going to be Wesley Yor from Land of the Lost, uh, Butch Patrick uh, from The Monsters, who was also on Lidsville. And it's just going to be an incredible event, and I hope that you're going to be going to it. And uh, if not, just listen to the last couple of weeks, because we've had a lot of guests from that event that are going to be there, and we have had them as a guest here at On Screen and Beyond. So unfortunately, if you cannot make it out there, like me, uh, at least you get to hear a little bit of these fascinating people who were uh, acting in the shows of Sid and Marty Croft. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you're all going to enjoy that. But uh, we have Sid Croft coming up in a few minutes right here on, sc- on screen and beyond, so get ready for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll also get into remakes. Uh, we got some interesting ones, along with uh, upcoming new movies and everything. And I also want to let you know that uh, last uh, last month I mentioned that uh, we had uh, been in the um, the hot fifty of the podcasts on Podcast Magazine. And uh, this month we were number nine. So I hope everybody continues to go to podcastmagazine.com and vote for On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we'd appreciate that very much. Get the word out about us. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, we we really appreciate it. We've cracked the top ten. Let's see if we can make the top five next time. So (laughs) just go on and vote. You can vote once a day. So uh, all the votes you can do will really help us out. So please check that out. Well, what do you say? Let's get into it. It's time for Remake Madness. Remake Madness. It looks like director John Watts, who just did Spider-Man No Way Home, was supposed to direct the remake of Fantastic Four. But he has been, uh, he was withdrawn as the director. So we'll keep you updated on that. Dungeons and Dragons, the remake, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, will arrive on May 5th. 2023, and Lance Reddick of the John Wick films and Tiana Taylor of Coming to America have joined the cast of the remake of White Men Can't Jump. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. 
Upcoming new movies, it looks like Katrina Law of NCIS will join Frank Grillo in the cast of Year Two. And now this is a horror thriller, and it starts filming this month. And Blake Lively has, uh, you know, done a lot lately, and she's making her de- directorial debut with an adaptation of the graphic novel Seconds. And Russell Crowe and Liam Hemsworth will star in a new action thriller called Land of Bad. It's about a special forces operation that goes terribly wrong. That's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. Taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sequels. It looks like filming has wrapped on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and director James Gunn is teasing of an unannounced actor in the film. Time will tell, and it looks like it's May 5th, 2023 that it'll come our way. Predators 5, Prey, is expected to be released on Hulu this year. And November 23rd is the date for Creed 3 to be released. That's it for sequels next TV on DVD. TV on DVD, it looks like Yellow Jackets Season 1 will arrive on DVD on July 19th. Why Women Kill Season 2 will land on DVD on May 31st. And Hacks Season 1 comes to DVD on June 14th. That's it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, Movies on DVD. Movies on DVD, it looks like uh, July 14th, Morbius with Jared Leto. Arrives on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. And Sandra Oh stars in Uma, a thriller from producer Sam Raimi. And that lands on Blu-ray and DVD on May 23rd. And on May 10th, it'll be on digital. And coming this fall, the 1953 sci-fi classic Invaders from Mars gets restored and released on 4K. That movie scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. And that's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time. Well, it looks like Queens and Promised Land have both been canceled after just one season. And on June 15th on Netflix, you can look for God's Favorite Idiot. Now, this is a comedy series starring Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone. And sadly, actress Joanna Barnes, known for her role in both versions of The Parent Trap, has passed at the age of 89. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on Oz Great and Beyond, all the creator of all the shows you grew up with, including H.R. Puffin Stuff and Land of Lost. It's Sid Croft right here on On Screen and Beyond.
on Screen and Beyond, we have the pleasure of having an Emmy Award recipient who has been bringing joy to kids and adults around the world his whole life. His programs include H.R. Puffin Stuff, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters, The Bugaloos, The Lost Saucer, Donnie and Marie, Lidsville, The Brady Bunch Hour, Land of the Lost, and so many others. And on Saturday, May 21st, he, along with many of the actors who were in those shows will be at CroftCon at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. It's Sid Croft. Sid, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, well, thank you so much. I'm I'm really looking forward and doing this. This is like we're all getting together. It's like a reunion. It's it's uh, and people are coming from all over the country, I hear. Yes, yes. I, well, I thank them for doing that. You know, I go live every Sunday at three o'clock on Instagram, mm-hmm, yes. and uh, uh, and I hear from so many fans. They're they're coming from New York and Florida, and, wow. uh, and even further. I think someone's coming from Canada. I hear. Hmm. Wow. So uh, it's going to be so much fun in that beautiful, beautiful theater, which I'm familiar with, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I'm going to be there all day long, just uh, answering all your questions. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to be mobbed because <laughs> people will be wanting to talk to you, I'm sure. Well, thank you. Well, you know what's amazing for me? When I go out of town, wherever it is, and I hand somebody my credit card, they freak out. I mean, it's like even... <laughs> comic-con in san diego we've been doing that for 50 years wow and we uh you know do our panel every single year and i always think nobody's going to show up i mean come on 50 years (laughs) and and they're all grown-ups there you know there are very few kids and it's always jam-packed they're standing up against the walls and uh you know Waiting to hear, I guess, the same stories over and over again. <laughs> I mean, 50 years of stories, you run out. Right. So, but but who, what do you think makes those show, your shows so memorable that everybody wants to you know, relate to them all these years later? Well, I started to say what really blows me out uh, big time is that people... This is like 50 years ago, or, or some of them even more. And, and they remember the characters, the songs, mm-hmm. of course, the title, the detail, you know. And it's just, it's, uh, that, when, when uh, like I said earlier, when I hand somebody my credit card and they freak out, I think I freak out more than they do, <laughs> because it's, it's just, it's so heartwarming, you know, mm-hmm. that, that people have taken our shows with them because it's it's probably a little difficult to, to even when you were a kid, remember the shows that you loved. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so long ago, you know. Yeah. And uh, can you name any shows that are on today that, 
are going to 50 years from now people are going to talk about nope it's just <laughs> maybe a, a small handful yeah but we did 26 television series wow on on national you know network there were only three and we were on all three networks so it's just mind-boggling wow it still is to me you know it it uh like I said earlier, just blows me away. Yeah. Well, Sid, with all the shows you did, I mean, you did stuff for kids. You did stuff, of, you know, the the Bobber Mandrell and the Mandrell sisters, and right. and Donnie and Marie, and so so it, you you covered all the bases. Is there any of the shows that were the closest to your heart? Well, you know, it's always your first child, which was H.R. Puffin stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, even though we did before H.R. Puffin stuff, and, and this is why it really all happened, because I didn't know anything about doing a television series. You know, I was a performer, yeah, you know, and I, I was on many, many shows as a guest, uh, starting with Ed Sullivan. I did his show a couple wow. of times, you know, and so I knew nothing about what went on in the in the room where you know the director is and and how to even put on uh, a half hour or an hour show and my brother you know he was a car salesman you know he knew absolutely zero about show business my whole family knew nothing about it you know when they saw i was making money uh then then of course my dad you know who wasn't working at the time decided that he was going to be my manager you know and uh, cuz i was making a pretty good living you know even i also i was in the circus the ringling brothers circus when the big top sat 15,000 people I mean, people don't even realize that anything like that existed. Yeah. You know, wow. and uh, I I wasn't in the big top. I worked in the sideshow, the freak show, huh. and uh, as the world's youngest puppeteer, making fifty bucks a week. My my family thought, wow, now we're millionaires. Two hundred dollars <laughs> a month. Yeah. You know. Back then, it, it was a lot of money. Oh, yeah, and supported the whole family. And so it's just my life has been absolutely so amazing, you know. What a great gift I was given, you know, the opportunity to travel all over the world. Uh, I was the opening act for Judy Garland. Can you believe a puppet act? Yeah. Wow. And... I work with a a lot of huge stars. When I say the opening act, it just wasn't for one engagement. I did her whole national tour. Liberace, he was another one. A year and a half, I toured with him all over the world. We went to Australia, you know. I mean, just a puppet act, you know. And and, uh, all coming from my experiences in in life you know because no one 
it, it's like being a magician. You know, all puppeteers have their own tricks, and they don't want to share them with anyone. So you got to figure it out on your own. Mm, yeah. And that's what I did. And so it how- just my my life has been like a huge snowball. It just kept building and building. You know. So how did you go from being a puppeteer to producing H.R. Puffin stuff? Well, because <clears throat> when. Um, when when I worked with Judy Garland, at uh, we opened at the Flamingo Hotel in Vegas. That was the first engagement I had with her. And you know when the busboys and the maitre d and you know the waiters come up to you and say, "Hey, kid, that that's a really good act." You know you got something because every three to four weeks. They see another show and another show all year long, you know, another star. And so that is the ultimate, the cherry on the cake, you know, compliment. And the maitre d' uh, at the Flamingo, he was very famous maitre d', Nat Hart. And he, uh, well, the Flamingo, after I closed with Judy Garland, they signed me to come back three times a year as an opening act for, you know, the Andrews Sisters, the Mills Brothers. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you know, Pearl Bailey, you know, That's whatever. Incredible. And so, because it was a great, great opening act for a star. You know, it really warmed up the audience, and it had nothing to do with what they were doing. My puppets didn't speak or sing. Or, it was all incredible, incredible music that actually Henry Mancini's arranger wrote. I mean, the music in my act was the highlight. Hmm. So anyway, um, where was I going with it? How you, how you started. H. Oh, Arbonne. how I started. So the maitre d', right, thank you. Uh, the maitre d' uh, said, you know, I've got a lot of money stashed away, and I'm leaving Vegas, I've had it. And I'm going to open up a, a place in the... He wanted to come to California from Vegas. And he found this place in the city of Sepulveda. You know, it's like a half hour from L.A. And uh, and he was going to open up like a restaurant, a nightclub. And, uh, and he wanted to have a little theater, a 90-seat theater. And he said... I want you to, you know, to entertain there. And I said, but my act's only like 18 minutes long. No one's going to pay to come and see that. And and he said, well, come up with an idea. And I came up with Les Poupées de Paris. Do you know anything about that show? I, I In my research, I saw that. I, I, I couldn't say it because I, <laughs> yeah. I don't speak good French. <laughs> Very fr- Well, the idea came from, because I played at the Lido and the Folie Bergère in Paris. Mm-hmm. I, I was in Paris for over a year. And so just looking at all those huge, huge production shows, you know, that is an institution in Paris, uh, I thought, wouldn't that be incredible to do all with puppets, with all the effects, but 
it's adults only because, you know, all those French shows uh, are, uh, well, the showgirls, you know, they're all <laughs> uncovered. Yeah, a little racy. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought, wouldn't that be incredible to do a big show like that that's never, ever been done that big? And, and uh, Nadhart financed it. It opened up at the uh, at his multi restaurant nightclub you know we built a little theater and it, it became an overnight sensation as a matter of fact opening night half hour from LA May West uh Liberace came uh oh my god uh, Nixon was running for president he came to the opening <laughs> wow yeah, and uh, oh, all famous Shirley MacLaine, and it was because it got the wildest publicity before it opened, mm -hmm. yeah. and it became a sensation. And we moved into Hollywood, and we ended up. That show ran for nine years. It played all the three world's fairs and whatever, but in the nine-year period. That puppet show played to nine and a half million people. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> and we were next door to in the New York World's Fair. You couldn't even get in to see it. It was like the sensation uh, wherever it played. And because no one ever saw anything like that. And you had to be 21 years old. There weren't any dirty jokes or anything in it like that. Mm -hmm. But it's because the puppets were nude. Ah, uh -huh, okay. And at the, I have to tell you a real funny story. At the New York World's Fair, they, the president of the fair uh, made us cover, put bras on all the puppets until 5 o'clock. <laughs> And then at 5 o'clock, we could take the bras off, and then it became adults only. Huh. That's, they were puppets. Yeah. <laughs> what Jeez. were they going to do, give you splinters? <laughs> <laughs> it was just so because next door to us at the New York World's Fair was the, there was a huge, huge show. It was called To Broadway with Love, and Ringling Brothers, this is 1964, came back in in their big top on the other side of us. They were charging 50 cents, and they died. No one went to see it. And the, to Broadway with Love was owned by Six Flags, the owner of Six Flags. Hmm. It was, a, And no one came to see that. But we were like the big hit wow. at the Lake Amusement area. And so he, Angus Wynn, approached, uh, he said, uh, me, approached me and said, I'm building a new park in Atlanta, a new Six Flags park. We want to build a theater for you. I said, well, we can't. It's an amusement park. We can't do Les Poupées de Paris there. That's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, come up with another show. And I said, Oh, God, what, Pinocchio? What am I going to do hmm. for kids? I said, that really doesn't interest me. 
And so I did come up with an idea. It was called Circus. It was like, well, <clears throat> like an acid trip because I knew that I was dealing with teenagers that wanted to get on 90 rides, and why the hell would they come to see a puppet show? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because puppets are for kids. And I took it into the adult world, but I couldn't do that at Six Flags. Right. Yeah. So uh, Coca-Cola, uh, they uh, uh, sponsored it and built the theater at Six Flags. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I knew, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I knew I, I was dealing with teenagers mostly and of course we always want to be number one <clears throat> and uh, and the show was such a huge huge hit that people waited we did nine to twelve shows a day it was 25 minutes long and uh, <clears throat> people stood in line for four or five hours Jeez. waiting to get in, <laughs> the theater sat twelve hundred people. Wow, that's big. <clears throat> I'm choking to death, <clears throat> but I'm I'm fine. <clears throat> I I just had lunch before you called a <laughs> uh, late lunch. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So anyway, Six Flags. Then I became the uh, the head of. Uh, the creative head, and we started, they wanted us to build their rides. We didn't know anything about that. <clears throat> they put us in in the business of doing that. You know, we, we opened what we called the show business factory, and there were 250 people working there. Everybody, the best technicians, the most creative people in Hollywood, everybody wanted to work there. And uh, and then when we delivered all the stuff to Six Flags, because the parks all opened in April, I didn't want to let any of those people go, hmm. you know. And they were going to go back to Disney or where wherever they came from. <clears throat> Everybody was having such a ball, you know, doing crazy things, because. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> okay, so anyway, um, I I opened we opened up our doors to everybody in Hollywood. Oh my God! And you know, Ice Capades, Ice Follies, Ringling Brothers, uh, you know, television shows and whatever. Hanna Barbera had an idea to do the banana split. Yes, yeah. They did have you know they. They did animation, and they came to us because even before Mickey Mouse went into a suit at Disneyland, I did that in my puppet shows. I used to have little people mixed with the puppets and put strings on them the same size as the puppets, and nobody knew that. Huh. The press didn't know. The audience didn't know. And I always did a number where... They ripped their strings down and 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 uh, 
went out of the proscenium and elevator took them down, you know, to the first row. And they, everybody thought it was a radio-controlled puppet. Right. It was a person. Must have scared them. <laughs> oh, the hell out of them, yeah. <clears throat> it was always a big horror number. Okay, so anyway, uh, um, that's how it all happened. You know, we used to put little people in suits. And so, uh, you know, and we knew how to build that. And so Hanna-Barbera came, and when they walked out, I said to my brother, oh, my God, they're going to make millions. What did we do here? And uh, NBC was nervous as hell. They didn't think it was going to work. <clears throat> and, you know, we put our own people testing the suits. We designed the banana split. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> and then NBC said, you guys are in this place is insane. You should come up with your own show. We'll buy it. Well, Puffin Stuff was a show at the San Antonio World's Fair for the Coca-Cola Company in their pavilion. The hit of the fair. They even he he was designed differently. He didn't have arms. You know, he was a dragon. Oh. And uh, and he became the symbol of the fair, and so uh, I I I immediately said, "Oh my God, wait a minute!" He wasn't even called Puff and stuff. He was called Luther, and he was a cowboy, you know, with a cowboy hat, because mm -hmm. cow it was in Texas. Yep. And and a lot of the characters in Puff and stuff were in that show. It was a big musical. It was called Kaleidoscope. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, yeah. the show started with an earthquake in the theater, and the walls started burning. And it was the beginning of time. <laughs> it was, you know, about a, a superhero that was turned into a dragon by this evil witch. And the only way he could be turned back is to be kissed by somebody, but who the hell wants to kiss a dragon? Yeah. <laughs> that was the theme of that whole show, and it was really H.R. Puffin stuff. Wow. That's we gave him that name because Puff the Magic Dragon was the big hit song. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where that name came from. Huh. So that's how it all happened, and if it wasn't a hit. We wouldn't even be talking. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you have a flop and something as odd as that, they're never going to try it again. Right. You know, yeah. that was like, who knows what it was like. Well, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
one thing I noticed, uh, Sid, was that on all your shows, you had some very uh, popular uh, or big names. Like you had on the Bugaloos, you had Martha Ray, you had the Lost Saucy, you had uh, Ruth Buzzy and Jim Neighbors. And, of course, uh, Butch Patrick, who was Eddie Munster. You had him on Lidsville. And... You know why? Okay. They were... Uh, uh, the Munsters, I was, you know, I had nothing to do with and, mm -hmm. and or any of those actors. But when you mentioned Martha Ray, I knew Martha Ray in 1952. Uh -huh. And... And every time I played Florida, we would hang out because she had a club there. You know, Jack Wilde, I found through Lionel Bart, who was a very close friend of mine who wrote the music and the script for the Academy Award movie Oliver. Yes. That yeah. Jack Wilde was in. Mm -hmm. And that was his first, you know. So. All the I, I, when I go down the line, Jim Neighbors, I met him through. Um, oh God! Wait a minute. Um, whoa! Wait. Who's who's his best friend? The comedian. Um, I just saw Carol her. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett. I just saw her. Oh wow! You know, I have senior moments. You can't remember everything. Yeah. No. I okay. Understand. So anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, I met him through, you know, and all these people, Charles Nelson Raleigh, yes. I knew them all. And, you know, I approached them and, and, uh, all of them said to me, I like you a lot, you know, as a friend, what are you going to do? Ruin my career? <laughs> a kid show? <laughs> That'll just, that, that's like the end. Yeah. That's like the curtains coming down. And I talked them all into it, you know, and uh, and and almost all of them, because you know, it wasn't easy to shoot those shows because we only had fifty-four thousand dollars an episode, so you could never do more than two takes, uh -huh. and it was like, and you had to really move quickly, you know. Yeah. We lost a million dollars on puffin stuff, really? and nobody would help us. And it was Six Flags all having all those puppet shows that paid for that, mm -hmm. and, you know. But uh, it was tough doing those shows. Yeah. You know, my brother would say, "You got to cut half of this." You know, we can't afford it, and and you know, and I'd say, "No, creativity is." hard to come by. I'm going to figure out how to do it with, you know, tissue paper. Yeah. And that's what we did, you know, and it worked. Yeah. It just real paint the floor. The, the sets can be made out of, you know, plywood. Give me a couple of clouds. Give me a blue psych, you know. Yeah. Huh. Cut the trees out of plywood, you know, yeah. in the background. We'll have dimensional three trees. <laughs> you know, it was like it was insane yeah. trying to do those shows. You know, fifty-four thousand today a half hour. You know, they get millions and right. millions yeah. of dollars to do a half hour. 
It's not even a half hour. It's 23 minutes. Right, yeah. yeah. Cool. Now, it's Land of the Lost was, was one of the biggest shows on the network at that time, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. And uh, I'm not taking the blame. We really screwed up the movie. It wasn't me. You know, I had nothing to do with the movie. Marty did. And he's not a producer. He's, you know... He, uh, you know, you just can't have a a, a trailer and, uh, you know, and go there all day for lunch, dinner, and breakfast, and, you know, and you've got to, it's, it's tough, it's tough, because you're afraid when the studio is spending $200 million on a movie, you know, you're afraid to say anything about it because they must know what they're doing you know but evidently they didn't i hardly went i had 18 pages of notes for the movie but no one ever saw it because uh marty was afraid i was going to upset the cart the uh. script was written it, universal bought it you know hmm. it's a tough business oh, yeah. you know but the movie didn't have a heart, and you know that's really important. The show did had a family it had you know the dinosaur baby dinosaur you know it it really had a lot of elements that affected uh, emotionally the kids you know yeah did you were you hands on with the with the production of the shows? The only, oh, yeah, all the of show. them, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, because the ideas, you know, each show, I, I, I got an idea to do, and then I sat with the writers. You know, I knew what the characters were, and I, I knew what the vision was, but it, it takes a whole slew of writers to... You know, knock out a script. Right. Yeah. Lenny Weinrib <clears throat> was somebody I knew years and years before that. He did all the voices for me for the puppet shows. Hmm. Incredible. He was in a, a little show off of Hollywood Boulevard, The Billy Barnes Review. That's where Ruth Buzzy, I met them all there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I've worked with Ruth before. She was she was in a movie that I wrote, an animated movie, and she, she wow, is so really? Nice. How cool! Yeah, she is so nice. Oh, she you know she lives somewhere in Texas. Yes, on a big ranch. I I've been trying to reach out, but you know she's loaded now. <laughs> Why would she deal with little old me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd love to. I she was my neighbor. You know came over to my house many, many times. Yeah. No, I'm sure she has not changed. She was and is a real person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She was She was just a sweetheart to work with. So when you go to CroftCon, do you have any special plan? I hear they're going to be making this theater into, like you're stepping into the world of Sid and Marty Croft. I <laughs> mean... No, it's just it, I can't wait, you know. And I and I spoke to your brother yesterday at length, and uh, and 
I told him, you know, all the the screenings get, that he's going to do in the theater all day long, and then do panels. I said, I I'd love to do every one of them. You know, mm-hmm. I want to. It's been a long time since I touched the fans. You know, and yeah, yeah well, we've all been cooped up too long, so now people yeah, gotta, yeah, got to get out and and. Uh, you know, have have some fun for a change. You know, and well, we're still gonna. Well, some people wear masks. It's yeah. still frightening out there. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. if people, that's everybody has to do what they they feel comfortable with. So, yeah, yeah. And that's that's fine. But uh, so, Sid, um, I, you know, I just want to finish up with one final question. Sure. But uh, I do want to remind everybody that they should get their tickets for Saturday, May 21st for CroftCon. It's at the Orinda Theater in Orinda, California. It's in a beautiful theater that is, I think it's like a, I'm not sure, 600-seat theater. And it's it's the old deco style, and it's beautiful. And it's going to be, you know, like I said, it's going to be turned into the world of Sid and Marty Croft. <laughs> you know, that's so creative of your brother, you know, because it's insane when uh, this disease all hit us mm-hmm. and people stop and all the theaters close, the movie theaters, and they're still not really returning to the kind of business that they need. Right. I kept saying... Oh my God! I think Vaudeville's going to come back because what you know, nobody's going to the movies because mm-hmm. you can watch them at home. Right? Why you know? But <clears throat> and that's what your brother is doing. He's you know being so creative and and doing uh, so many different kinds of things and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah. I love creativity, and and I think it's going to be a blast. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. it's on a Saturday. I'll, you know, it it opens. I think at ten in the morning, mm-hmm. and I'll be there. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the whole day. Yeah. And Sid, I won't be able to be there, but I will be there in spirit. And if you see. Cling and clang, walking around. <laughs> I made those costumes. <laughs> you did. He had he had me make some. He wanted to have me make some costumes, so I made. He, he had me make cling and clang. So if you no see those, way. those are you, me. You mean, you mean cling and clang are going to be there? Yes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Are they going to be little people? Yes. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yes. Yeah. Oh wow! I can't wait. I. Wow, you blew it. I didn't even know that. Nobody told me that. Yeah. And you made those costumes. Yes. Don't look close because they're they're not up to to, to your standards, <laughs> but they're, you know, they look like them a little bit, I think. <laughs> oh, my God, how cool with the heads and everything. Yep, the heads, the feet. I'm wor- In fact, I'm right now I'm working on the feet, getting those done. <laughs> Oh wow! So, They're the Keystone Cops, right? You know, exactly. That's yeah. who they are. You know, his sidekicks when mm-hmm. they're on the rescue racer. Yep, <laughs> that's what one of them did, and the other one just was the lookout. Yeah. No, that was great. Oh my God! I and exactly, 
uh, you said you did an animated movie. Yes. Yeah. Well, what? A, let me interview you for a second. <laughs> sure. Tell us about that. <laughs> you you got to tell us about the movie. It it's called Bonji Bear in the Kingdom of Rhythm. And it's about a bear that uh, is young and uh, becomes an orphan, and then he protects the princess as she grows up, and then the witch takes away, played by Ruth Buzzy. <laughs> really? And when was this? Well, it, it you wouldn't believe how long, Sid, how long this day. We, we taped the, the stuff, the, the voiceovers in Burbank back in 2007. Wow. And, and then it went on and off to different animation companies. And then eventually uh, it did get made finally. And it uh, actually last, uh, this past Christmas, it came out on, uh, you know, Apple TV. And it was in some uh-huh. theaters and, and everything. And uh, Well, if, if it's on Apple, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up. Yeah, Amazon, wow. Amazon has it. I, I don't know if Apple still has it, but I know uh-huh. Amazon still has it. Um, so how cool! And Ruth Buzzy, she, uh, in '07, she was out here. Yes, yep, yep. She was in it. Uh, uh, Dom DeLuise. Oh God, I loved him. Uh, yeah, I knew him. June Lockhart. No way! Yep. Wow. Yeah, it, it was an amazing cast. It was really an amazing cast. Was it an independent yes. or for a studio? It was an independent. We we struggled for twenty years to get this made. Well, Star Wars took eleven, the original. <laughs> so you know, it's people don't realize that when you see a movie. It, first of all, it was probably made a couple of years ago or three years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, and. It takes, there are so many big smash hit movies, if you look at the history of them, like Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I saw a screening of it, it was about six months before it opened at the Academy. The theater was half full, no one knew anything about it. Right, look at it. (laughs) And... Oh, I'll never forget. I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Because we never saw anything like it. Yeah. They threw us out of the theater because they had to lock it up. And the whole audience, we were sitting out on Wilshire on the curb. (laughs) I mean, just in awe. Like, what was that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? And then I told all my friends. Oh, there's a movie coming out. It's called Star Wars. They said, what's it about? Stars in Hollywood fighting? (laughs) Yeah. I said, you just wait. This is the movie. You know, I can't wait to see it again. Because it was just beyond, you know. Well, my favorite movies... uh, Wizard of Oz, Gone with the Wind, Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Sid. That, now that you mentioned that, that was my final question. What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies? So we might as well go right into that. <laughs> my favorite TV shows. Yeah. Uh, Sixty Minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's uh, there's so much to watch. Mm-hmm. There's just so much, you know. I mean, like I said earlier, there were three networks. Now there's 
hundreds. Oh yeah. Streaming. I don't know how anything sticks to the wall today. It's very rare, mm -hmm. you know, because there's too much. I mean, you know, you can join all these streamers and, you know, how could you watch that much television? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I don't, yeah, you know. It's too, I'm always too working much. and I still am working on a huge project right now with David Copperfield and... Can, yeah. can you give us any information, it, or is it it's still no, hush-hush? No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to shoot you through the phone. Yeah. No, no, I understand, but, you know, I've had to ask. <laughs> yeah, well, no. And it is a good question. Yeah. And you're not the only one that has asked. Oh, I'm sure. No, soon you'll hear about it. You know, we're, we've been working on it. It's probably the biggest project. It's not magic. It's not puppets. Well, there might be some uh, some of it in there, but you're that's teasing not us, Sid. Here, about. you're teasing us. <laughs> Why? You're teasing and, us. You know, and uh, well, come on, I'm a puppeteer, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't, you know, you can't lose that. Yeah, I don't think puppetry has been tapped yet. Hmm. Yeah, it's so popular all over the world, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, there's a lot of puppetry out there. We only think of the Muppets, you know, right. and, and yeah. there's so much more than that yeah. out there. Great, great talent. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Uh -huh. Wherever you go in the world, you know, yeah. the talent out there, they don't have the finances to do something like Le Poupet Paris or whatever, mm -hmm. you know. We were lucky that we got to the opportunity to do, you know, a huge, huge puppet show. I mean, that's also, that's like 60 years ago. Mm. You know, wow. it hasn't been done. They, uh, Vegas wanted to bring it back, but, you know, I like to move forward. I don't like to rehash, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I did it, and... Let's see what I can come up with next. Yeah. Well, you like the Energizer make sure, <laughs> yeah, Make sure everybody listening, uh, get a ticket and go. It's the 21st. It's on a Saturday. It's going to be a blast. Mm -hmm. We've never done anything like that. Yeah. Where it's just, and all the, the actors that are still with us, on all the shows, they're going to be there. Yep. Wow. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sid, I cannot thank you enough. It's been it's been amazing listening to your stories and everything. And well, I, thank you. I thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for asking me to come on, and, uh, and hopefully one day we'll meet. And thank you, everybody that's listening. Sid Croft, want to thank him so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond and letting us know about his history and the history of some of his shows that he created throughout our lives. It's just an amazing story, and we hope you enjoyed that one. And you can meet Sid Croft himself 
on Saturday, May 21st at the Arinda Theater in Arinda, California for CroftCon. Now, like I had said earlier, Sid's going to be there. His brother, Marty Croft, is going to be there. And a whole cast of the actors who were part of the legacy of all the shows that he had, like Land of the Lost and Lidsville and H.R. Puffin stuff, and just so many shows he gave us. And even Christopher Knight, who was, uh, of course, Peter on The Brady Bunch, and he is going to be there. But he was on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, and believe it or not, that was a Sid and Marty Croft show. So uh, it's just just amazing the, the the amount of shows that they did and the variety of shows they did, and uh, it's just uh, going to be a lot of fun. So I hope you'll check it out. And that was episode five hundred and ninety nine. So next episode of On Screen and Beyond, which will be coming your way very shortly is going to be our 600th show, and we're going to have a very special guest for you. So I hope you will join us for that. Keep your eye out. It's going to be coming up uh, very shortly. And uh, then, of course, we're going to have some more guests coming your way, and uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun. And be sure to check out the podcast magazine and go there, podcastmagazine.com, and go to their Hot 50, and you'll see this past month we were number nine. So, uh, and it's all by your votes. So if you want to go, you can vote once a day. So if you could go to podcastmagazine.com and vote for us and see if we can get up higher on the charts. We are at number nine right now. So uh, we'd appreciate you doing that. It would help us out a lot to get the word out about here. Uh, All the people, you know, all the shows we have and all the people we have on the show. And it would be a lot of fun to uh, get a little higher on the list. You know, could we hit number one? Who knows? Uh, But uh, whatever we can get up higher is going to be, you know, going to be great. So uh, if you can do that, that would be good. Also, uh, let's see, go to uh, whatever podcast provider that you're getting this show from and turn around and leave a uh, review if you can. You know, a five-star review would always be great. That helps more people to know about uh, the show and everything on Apple Podcast or Spotify or anything like that. Uh, Podbeam, any of those, it uh, you know, helps, helps us out a lot. So that's it. That's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>